Welcome to The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig, a podcast which endeavors to expose the truth behind legal stories that are distorted by mainstream media. And now, here's your host, passionate truth seeker and veteran attorney, Jill Rosenzweig. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig. I'm your host, Jill Rosenzweig, and today I'm going to be talking to you about something that's pretty heavy, and um, this is based on a request from one of my listeners, Mandy in Montreal. She wrote to me and asked me if I'd be willing to talk about this man in New York who was charged with involuntary manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide um, as a result of the death of his twin one-year-old children. Uh, They were left in his car for eight hours, and when he returned to the car at the end of his workday, he discovered that they were dead in the car. They had uh, been in a very hot car all day. And so, um, you know, she wrote to me and asked me, essentially what she wanted to understand is, you know, first of all, what I thought of all of this, but also why is it that in some cases where children are left in hot cars, um, the parent or caregiver is charged, and in other situations, the um, the parent or caregiver is not charged? And she was trying to understand why there's that inconsistency. Um, and honestly, my initial reaction, I actually wrote her back and said that I don't think I can cover this topic because it's just too upsetting for me. But then I thought about it some more, and I realized that Um, you know, it's probably worth talking about and I'm going to try to, um, stop myself from thinking about the actual circumstances while I cover this topic. Um, because as some of you may know, I have two young children and, um, every time I see there is a child that dies in a hot car, it's, um, it's just really upsetting for me because that's one of my greatest fears And, um, you know, I want to just talk about this because I think a lot of people, when they see a story like this, their initial reaction is, you know, what kind of a parent would do this? How could this be? I would never forget my child in a car. And um, I read about this a few years ago because, uh, you know, it's one thing where you hear about cases where people intentionally leave their children in a hot car um, and it's a whole other thing when you read about parents who say they completely forgot that their child was there. And, um, you know, I started to do some research and it turns out that there are studies that have been been performed by psychologists who are trying to understand how this could happen. And, um, you know, there was one particular study that I want to talk about with you. Um, So there's a psychologist named David M. Diamond. He's actually a professor at uh, the University of South Florida, and he did a whole study to try to understand uh, what exactly is going on in, um, you know, the the psychology behind why a parent might forget their child in a car. And um, he he talks about in this article, which I'll I'll try to link to, um, the idea behind, um, there's a certain type of memory called perspective memory, which is um, essentially uh, the memory of a future plan. So you get in your car and you have this plan, okay, I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to drive my children to daycare. And he talks about um, what might prompt that perspective memory to be forgotten. So, um, 
essentially what he talks about is that there are these memory failures when, um, especially when you're on autopilot. So, um, you know, you typically take your kids to daycare and in your mind, you've done this so many times before and your mind can essentially, from what I understand from the study is that your mind will play tricks on you where in your head, you think you've done that thing, but really you haven't. And so then when you get to work, you don't even think to look in the back seat because you believe that you already dropped your kids off at daycare. So you don't even think to check the back seat. Um, and then there are other things that I've read that can cause certain issues where um, there's a change in the schedule and that can create confusion um, where, which it kind of contradicts what I just said, to be honest with you, but it's the idea that uh, when there's a change in the schedule that might make it even more confusing. So if you don't typically take your kids to daycare, uh, maybe you think you did it, but you didn't do it. Um, I honestly think that what this professor is saying in his article makes more sense where you, you're on autopilot and you do the same thing every single day. And so then you have a false memory of a different day where you in your mind can picture yourself dropping the kids off, but that's actually a memory from a different day. Um, but I have read articles um, of various parents talking about what happened when they left their children in the car. Um, you know, some of those stories, thankfully, uh, the parent remembered in time and was able to save their child. And in other situations, uh, they were not so lucky. And it, it seems pretty consistent that what the parents are saying is that they honestly believed that they did drop their child off and they had no idea their kid was in the car. Um, and so assuming that's true, let's just assume that's true for a moment. Then you look at the crime. Um, and, and so, you know, the parents that are charged with a criminal offense, if they're charged with, for example, this case in New York um, this past weekend, the father who left his twins in the car for eight hours while he was at work, he is saying that he believed he dropped them off at daycare and he's being charged with uh, manslaughter and uh, criminally negligent homicide. And like I said, this case is, um, you know, it's in New York. So when you look at the New York laws for criminally negligent homicide, let's just start with that. Um, it's a class E felony and um, it's punishable by up to four years in prison. And essentially, when you look at the law, um, it talks about the parent's neglect. So it has to, it, it requires an element of neglect. And when you look at what um, negligence, the standard of neglect or negligence, it's defined in New York as when someone acts in a way that's an extreme departure from the way that a reasonable person would have acted in the same or similar situation. Um, and it usually involves an indifference or disregard for human life or for the safety of other individuals. And I just want to sort of look at that and parse that out for a second. Um, so assuming you don't think your kid's in the car, um, is it an extreme departure from the way a reasonable person would have acted uh, when you don't check the back seat? So essentially the question is, if you really don't think your kid's in the car, would a regular person under reasonable circumstances look in the back seat if they honestly don't think their kids are there? Um, you know, nowadays people are starting to say you should look in the back seat no matter what, whether you think your kids are there or not, just look in the back seat to be 100% sure. Um, but I would say most people don't do that. If you're confident your kid is not in the car, you're not going to look back to see if they're there. Um, and so 
the, the question in my mind, as horrific as this might be, is was this father negligent in thinking in his mind, believing that he dropped his kids off at daycare and then driving to work and getting out of the car and not looking behind him to see if his kids were there? Would that be considered negligent? Um, you know, I, I personally don't think it is. Um, and that might be a controversial thing to say. But I just don't know that we can really expect unless people really get into the habit of always checking behind them and that becomes the norm when you're looking at the reasonable person standard, unless most reasonable people. So if the objective standard is to always look behind you um, until we get to that point where that's the reasonable course of action and that's what most people are doing, I don't think we should be holding these people to a higher standard than what most people are doing. Um, and then when you look at it, I mean, the manslaughter charge, again, it, it refers to um, an unintentional killing that results from criminal negligence or recklessness. Um, so was this man negligent? Was he reckless in leaving his kids in the car? I mean, when you first hear a story like this, you almost say to yourself, well, this this was so negligent and irresponsible. And how could someone do this? And, you know, how could you not care about your kids and just leave them in a car? But if you accept the idea of these false memories where people honestly believe in their minds that they took their kid out of their, the car and, and dropped them off at daycare, if you accept that that's possible and you um, buy into the science behind that, which, you know, when you hear what most psychologists are saying about this phenomenon, that's really what's going on is that there are these false memories. So if you accept that that's true, then it's hard to say that someone is negligent or reckless for leaving their kids in the car when they actually think that they're not in the car. The question that Mandy had for me is why is the law so inconsistent where certain people are being charged with crimes when this happens and other people are not? And the answer to that, which, you know, is, is sort of similar to what I say in a lot of these episodes, is that the law in the United States is very inconsistent. So you have different laws in different states. That's the first issue. And the second issue is that when it comes to all crimes, you need a prosecutor to move forward with the case, right? So, um, you know, there will be an arrest. So the police have to decide whether or not to arrest a person. And then the DA's office decides whether or not to move forward with the charges. And some prosecutors will say, you know what, we're going to move forward with this and others will not. So when you look at crime and punishment in this country, um, there are different reasons why people are charged and convicted with things, right? So there's the whole concept of um, crime and punishment being a deterrent. And um, on, on one level, the idea is that it will act as a deterrent to others. So if other people find out that this person was convicted of uh, manslaughter or criminally negligent homicide, maybe that will uh, be a warning to them that they should be more careful when they're driving their kids in the car. Um, and then the other idea of it being a deterrent is that maybe this man will never do something like this again because he's now been um, penalized. He's been punished for what he did to his two kids and he has three other kids. So now he'll be more careful in the future when it comes to his three other kids. Um, I will say to that point, I don't think this man needs anything more 
to uh, make it clear to him that he should never do something like this again. I'm sure the loss of his two children was plenty in terms of making it clear to him that he needs to check the back seat of his car. Um, and I'm sure he'll do that for the rest of his life. Uh, so I don't think that he needs any form of a deterrent. And with respect to deterring other people, um, I the, the problem with that is if you accept the concept that people that do this don't even realize what they're doing at the time, so they have these false memories and they're not doing it on purpose and they honestly think that their kids are not in the car, um, this man going to prison for what happened with his children is not going to deter other people from doing this because they don't even realize what they're doing at the time that they're doing it. So I would say in terms of a deterrent, it's not very effective to convict people of um, a crime when they leave their kids in the car inadvertently. Uh, but also the other idea of crime and punishment is that when you do something wrong, you need to pay a price for that. And you know, the idea of putting this person in prison is that he will pay his dues to society for the loss of his children. And what I would say to that is that the loss of his kids in and of itself is the punishment. This man is, from all reports that I'm reading, uh, completely distraught. He is absolutely beside himself for what has happened to his children. Um, he has three other kids who, if he goes to prison, will, um, you know, they'll essentially lose their dad. Their father won't be home. The wife will then be raising these three children on her own. Um, and so she'll be punished as a result. So who are you punishing here? You're punishing these three children who just lost their brother and sister, and now they're going to lose their father. Um, and the wife who will now have to raise the kids on her own will probably lose the husband's income. And I have no idea if she works or not. Um, so when, when you look at the idea of punishment, um, I think that the punishment has already been meted out. Uh, and to put this person in prison because of this seems uh, unreasonably cruel to me. Um, and that, that's just my opinion about this. I know other people will probably have a very different opinion. But to me, it just seems um, incredibly harsh and inhumane, frankly, to put this man in prison when, um, you know, by all accounts, he did not do this on purpose. People are saying he was a wonderful father and is a wonderful father and would never intentionally hurt his kids. Um, and so my feeling on it is that uh, the punishment just doesn't make sense. The one thing I will say, going back to the idea of a deterrent again, is that maybe with people being charged of these crimes and convicted, uh, more people will be incentivized to check the backseat of their cars. Um, I know that a lot of um, nonprofits that deal with these issues are talking about the idea of leaving your purse in the backseat or leaving your shoe in the backseat um, or doing something where you're forced to check the backseat before you get out of the car. Um, and that way, something like this won't happen. One thing we do know is that certainly something needs to be done. Um, because over 900 children have died in hot cars nationwide since 1990. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that even the best of parents or caregivers can unknowingly have um, a sleeping baby in the car that they just forget in the car. They don't realize the kid is in the car. And, um, you know, last year alone, in 2018, there were 52 children that died in a hot car. Um, and so it, it, it's becoming... 
an increasing problem and something that really needs to be addressed. And I don't know that the um, the idea of criminal punishment is necessarily the answer, but I do think that something needs to be done. And so um, Consumer Reports is urging Congress to pass the Hot Cars Act of 2019. And um, the idea behind that act is that there are two bills that are being considered by Congress right now. There's the Senate bill. Uh, that bill would require vehicles to come equipped with a system that prompts the driver to check the back seat uh, once the car has been turned off. And there's a House bill that would require vehicles to have a system that alerts the driver when there's a child that's detected in a rear seat after the car has been turned off. Um, and um, basically, the idea of the uh, Hot Cars Act is to say that we really can't rely on human memory to prompt someone to check the back seat. And so uh, just the same as cars beep when you've left your keys in the ignition or you're getting out of the car and the car's still running, um, the technology is there to remind people to check the back seat or to alert them that there's actually a person in the back seat. And, um, you know, that's the idea be behind these acts being presented to Congress. And the hope is that these acts will be passed. And then uh, there apparently is technology to retrofit cars that are already owned by people so that it won't just apply to new cars that are being manufactured, but these uh, mechanisms w could be installed in cars that people already own. Um, and, um, you know, the, the other pushback is these, you know, there's certain apps where it'll remind you, even Waze can remind you when you get out of your car to check your backseat and make sure that there are no kids in the car. But um, people that are critics of those technologies will say that um, most people that are confident that they would never leave their kids in the car would never use those apps because in their minds, they would never do something like that. So they don't need to be reminded that their children are in the car. Um, just based on my own personal observation, uh, I know that at least, you know, when I had my son, he's now seven years old, the law in New York at the time when he was a child, like a young baby, um, was that we had to wait. I think he had to be 12 months old before we could turn him so that he was front facing. And I, now we live in California and the law is that you have to keep your baby uh, rear facing for the first two years. And a lot of parents are saying that, you know, it's it's a, it's apparently a lot safer to keep your child rear, rear facing. And so people are keeping their children rear facing even beyond those two years. And in my opinion, personally, I do think there's an increased risk and I don't have any science or data to support this, but I would just imagine that there's an increased risk of leaving your kids in the car when they're rear facing. If they're sleeping and the seat is rear facing, you can't actually see your child. So I would imagine there's an increased risk of leaving your child in the car if the seat is turned around and you can't see your kid. Um, and so I would think that that might be actually increasing the number of uh, incidents like this. And so when I look at the data behind the number going up, I just wonder how or whether it's correlated to the fact that there are more and more parents uh, leaving the car seats rear facing for longer periods of time. Um, and so that's just an observation. And I would imagine also uh, they talk about people being um, stressed. This 
memory issue uh, that I talked about earlier, where um, our memory kind of tricks us into thinking that we took our kids out of the car. Uh, they say that that phenomenon is linked with uh, being distracted, being stressed and being tired. And uh, frankly, I think that uh, most new parents are stressed and tired. And um, the distraction, I think a lot of it comes with just the way that we are um, constantly attached to our phones and doing a million things at once. And we have the GPS going and text messages are coming in and we're making phone calls and we park the car and we're on a call and we just walk away from the car. Um, and so I think that if cars prompt us no matter what, whether we want it or not, to remind us to look in the back seat and also alert us that there's actually a child in the back seat, I think that that would be a really important modification to cars because I don't think that it's um, safe to assume that parents will remember to check. Uh, and so I, I do think that some added measures in cars would be uh, a, definitely a step in the right direction. But I also think that it really should become um, part of people's just daily habit to check the back seat, whether they think their child is there or not. Um, and I do think that, you know, the idea of leaving your purse in the back seat is something that can be very helpful. And I think more parents should be doing it. Um, but honestly, I think that part of the issue is that a lot of parents just cannot accept the idea that they would ever do something like this. And so until more people understand uh, the idea that these false memories um, can really exist in one's mind where you really do believe that you dropped your kids off um, until we accept that that's possible and that everyone is susceptible to something like that. I think we'll continue to see um, these cases. And it's just a devastating thing when you see uh, a family destroyed based on a mistake like this. Um, but what I will say as a parent of two kids it, and they're old enough to talk and let me know if there's a problem. Um, my son is at an age where he could get himself out of the car seat and unlock the car. Even then, I think that it's important to be incredibly mindful and, um, you know, never become so confident in yourself as a parent that you think that you are above something like this and that this couldn't happen to you. Um, so I think a little bit, bit of this comes with just a certain level of humility uh, in accepting the idea that everyone is vulnerable to something like this and, um, you know, taking those extra steps, even if you think they're unnecessary, to just make sure that your kids are safe and that every single time you get out of the car, you look behind you and make sure that there's no one in the car that you're leaving behind. Um, and so in, in some, I will say that um, I think that the laws with respect to this are applied pretty inconsistently because some prosecutors will look at the situation and say, there is no negligence here. Uh, the parent simply forgot. And it's not like they failed to take certain steps that a reasonable parent would take because most parents are not going to look in the backseat when they're convinced their kid is not in the car. Um, but at the same time, there are other prosecutors who are saying, you know what, we need to punish these people so that other people will start to really think about these issues and understand that there are criminal consequences when you leave your child in the car and they die as a result. Um, and so I think that's in answer to, you know, Mandy's question. It, it's that different prosecutors will view this differently. And um, the idea of punishing people in, in some instances, people will say, you know, this is horrific 
and people died and the person who caused this should be punished. And so that's why you'll see some prosecutors punishing people like this and others will not. Um, and so that's pretty much all I have to say on this topic. It's horrible. And um, I really did contemplate not covering it, but I thought it would be important to talk about because even if one person listening to this podcast starts to uh, check the back seat when they're driving their kids in the car, the episode will have been well worth it. So anyway, that's all I've got for this week. I hope you have a good week. If you want to reach out to me, uh, my email address is thewholetruthpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at thewholetruthpod and on Facebook at The Whole Truth with Jill Rosenzweig. Um, and if you have the time to leave a review or just rate the podcast, even if you just click on the little rating thing, I would really appreciate it. And um, if you subscribe to the podcast, that would be really appreciated as well. And then anytime I um, record an episode, you'll just kind of get an automatic notice saying that there's a new episode up and that'll make it easier for you to listen. So um, anyway, have a great day. Hope you're well and um, we'll talk next time. <laughs>